Hey, and welcome to another issue of the Rugby Report Card. Uh, here we are on the 27th of June, 2023, for the 7th year in the 27th uh, year in the row, mm. the Crusaders have won. Uh, with me is Mr. Raxworthy. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Coming up to the end of financial year, big things. Uh, well, I, I towed the line, mate, uh, with my uh, things. So there will be, will be only little things coming back from the financial year. Then about what you're doing, mate, in your spare time. Are you trying to claim more than you should? You going on holiday? No, 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 no. I'm not paid off my ex. I'm going to uh, take off me for like eight months. And I'm sure there's something I could have done, but I didn't do it. So I'm looking forward to getting some of that back, I reckon. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, talking about what we can get back. Are you excited to get a bit of uh, free time back now we finish the Super Rugby and the excitement will build to the Rugby Championship? Or are you a little bit disappointed that the uh, the season's over? Um, I'm a little bit disappointed that it went according to the script. Yeah, you know, a little bit about a little bit disappointed about that. We can get into that later. But look, mate, now the real season's sort of just about to kick off with this international shit coming up. When you think of the TRC, you think of the letters low, the World Cup looming, picking squads, coaches under pressure, coaches moving on, players coming up, like all that stuff is very, very exciting because this is the real rugby season. Absolutely. The fact of the matter when a competition has an abbreviation, the TRC suggests that it has high status, surely. That's There's right. no yeah. like super rugby. There's no SRP. It sounds like a student research project that we do. That's, That's right. Just not not having the same standard. The Super Rugby in Australia largely is just keeping the players warm for the next World Cup. Just wear a jacket, man. Just keeping them warm. You know how when you go to games and you see people in the big puffies warming up under the goalposts? They look very warm, by the way, though. That's the Super Rugby season. Just the eight on the bench running 10-metre sprints and doing pancakes and cheering on their team yeah if you actually ever wonder what the science behind it is i'm gonna go and warm up coach i'm just gonna go and stand behind there just in preparation to celebrate the try that we're gonna score and every now and again just run up do a pancake do a press up and a push up and then be like and then i'm warm i'm warm i'm ready i'm good to go. i reckon it's all largely tactical yeah just all right boys we're in there 22 go warm up underneath the bench just fucking get in their ear and shit or make them think we're making a substitution, go up there and warm up champion. That's how I'd be doing it. Stay warm, stay ready, um, but go stand under the post for them and fucking tell them how you think. So just to, confirm, just to confirm, just uh, confirm, you were never a sub, mate. You were a starter. Come on. You were ready to go all the time on the on the, uh, on the Every now and then, you know, the coach and the team above me would tap me on the shoulder after a day's play and ask me to hang around for a bit. Oh, really? Uh. <laughs> I think it happened once. It was the happiest day of my life. <laughs> Never got on though. Ah, uh, that was for the fifths, yeah. Uh no, that was thirds. Oh, thirds. Yeah. Oh, six, mate. Nobody knows for the first team, yeah. For the first, yeah. Yeah. no one knows that I'm talking about cults either. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thirds in the second grade. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um, look, let's be honest with the Super Rugby uh, competition just as a whole. And I go back to my point at the beginning, you know, congratulations to the Crusaders. What an awesome franchise um, team that they are. The litmus test will be next year when obviously they have a new coach and uh, uh, former TARS coach uh, comes in and obviously see if the the, um, the the success continues on. 
That will be the test, but they've just got so many good players. And look, it was a great game of rugby, and, and obviously discipline was a big thing. And, and obviously the referee, uh, Ben O'Keefe, took a lot of beating, uh, you know, obviously across social media. And we just want to say that, that as much as we don't always agree, rugby is such a subjective game. We, two people could look at the same breakdown and think two different uh, two different things. Um, that was every yeah, but the abuse that he got, he gets via uh, um, social media is, is a disgrace. A healthy discussion is always important. And look, we're on here bitching and moaning. Actually, it's more Blake, who's not here, as you can tell. Um, but yeah, he doesn't deserve that. And it shouldn't take away from the great spectacle it was. That Chief's, Chief's got a great try in the corner as well. Yeah, it was a great try. Um, just maybe going into that position. Yeah. I mean... I don't know. You look at the Crusaders' season, and the Chiefs just had a better season. Lost, dropped one game, mate. On a different turn of the die, probably could that's have won. Objective, that's so. objectively not true. They've got to a final and they've lost, so you cannot say that they've had a better season. On uh, regular season, uh, regular season, yeah. But mm-hmm. as you know, we, we're, we're lovers of American sports. No one cares about the regular season, mate. It's the no, playoffs no. and the final. Let's be honest. That's right. It's all about those bowls and championship games. But I guess what I'm saying is, Penny going in, any regression, any regression is going to be a sign that oh, he's not up to scratch. Do you right? Reckon, do you reckon it's a poison chalice? Because anyone, even if he wins, but the the quality of play and the players that will leave Australia and New Zealand rugby after the World Cup and everything. It's whatever happens, he's never going to reach the high. So even if he does amazing, so is it a poison chalice because he'll just fail in inverted commas? Whatever happens, but that's it. Like it's it's win it all or it's fail or you yeah. fail. Mm. So, but even if but even if you win, like it's like the way that you win. So so it would just be ah, oh, just not as good as Scotty Boy. He can't break dance. He's not as good. Yeah, I mean you're right. So I, I guess what I'm saying is some of the teams are pretty close. Mm. Right? The Chiefs are not too far behind mm. the Crusaders, and it could go either way mm. on any day. And he's coming into a he's coming in holding a you know a hot gun. Mm. He's got some pressure on him, whether you think so or not. Uh, Talking about hot guns, do you reckon he'll uh, they'll stick around the Crusaders at the top? There you go. That's my link to a glue gun. A terrible link, wasn't it? Whether they'll stick around at the top of the comp? Yeah. They'll be there or thereabouts over years, mate. This might fall down over years. Because mm. the structures are still the same. Values, players, all that stuff. What what chapter is that of your book, mate? Just out of interest. It's the uh it's the prologue. Oh, it's the prologue. <laughs> okay. Keep going, keep going. I'm excited for the break, man. I'm excited. Uh, if you could still send me that signed copy of the book, I appreciate it. You know, I know I shouldn't ask on online, but I'm still waiting. Yeah. Um, talk, talking about surprises and things that have happened I think it'd be remiss of us not uh, to talk about the big news that was uh, the biggest squad in the history of squads that was selected by Eddie Jones this week what were your thoughts mate? Yeah big squad um, look it's it's one of those things where no one there's no real hot admission outside of Lola Seo who we sort of saw that coming did we not? Well, the thing about Lola said, what what is it? Like, I feel a bit sorry for him, really, you know, in regards to, I don't think he's ever really played uh, a full game, obviously, with uh, with Karevi and stuff like that. So, you know, is he, is he being stitched up a little bit here? Like, I, I think I'd play still terribly, but I'd look better if I had Lola Seo, uh, sorry, Karevi outside me than some of the uh, other players that I've had outside me. No? I reckon if you ask him, he would be feeling very hard done by. 
mm. part of the most successful franchise this year over the last number of years, taking the reins on that Wallaby experience as if that's not worth an opportunity. But, mate, when you if you ask me to analyse the mechanics behind whether or not Lollisair is an outstanding player or why he's perceived as not being as good, I can't break it down for you because all the basics are done well, right? He's in a winning team. He's, he kicks well for the most part. He's, he is there defensively for the most part. But that might be the option, the, the, uh, that might be the, the reason because he's always there for the most part but not for the the main parts because he just can't seem to get a team across the line as well as the other dudes picked at 10. And I think largely that's what it's based off. Like you just, you know, yeah, I see you, I see you playing well, you're doing the good things, but, you know, your attack is struggling to sort of get momentum when compared to these other other 10, the other back lines. What is, uh, where does he go from here? That's the big thing. Like, because, you know, he's signed on, which is great. He's 23 years of age. He's still, I think we forget that sometimes that he's got so much um, growth still in him. Um, you know, where does he go? Because he's signed back on at the Brumbies. Do you think he becomes disheartened? Do you reckon he needs to leave to go and play in a year in Europe to change his, to learn his craft? A bit like Nick White did when he went to Exeter and then come back. Would he benefit from that, do you reckon? Yeah, Nick White was a little bit older when he did that. I think. I think the people who sort of hangs around and the poster boys of Australian rugby right now, they all sort of did what you exactly said. You think of Quaid who, who pissed off for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Matt Giddo pissed off for a long time, similar circumstances, admitted from a World Cup squad. Granted, Lola C was not achieved half of what Giddo had. No. But he left. He became and built a profile for himself that eventually made him very, very valuable. Quade Cooper's done the same thing. Nick White has now done the same thing. Karebi's in the midst of doing it. I guess the only argument against that is Lois, who hasn't quite achieved in the gold yet. No. So I don't think he's crossed over to that sort of status. But I think it's important to acknowledge that he's probably telling himself that he that he is really, really good. Yeah, he's got growth to make, but he is good, and maybe this is the right decision for him. No. But, man... I don't know. It just depends who his advisors are. Who is? What's his agent saying? What players are in his ears? Stick it out. It's not tough. There's always the next one. You'll be 27, way more experienced. But even if you go with that logic, it sort of makes sense to go piss off overseas for a bit. You've been in the Super Rugby comp long enough to learn the lessons. Go learn some different ones, a different style of rugby, a different coach, playing a different game plan against different people. That might be what he actually needs. Mm. I, I, th- I think so. Um and so with, so with so much talent that is around in that position, that utility position, the backs position, there is so much potential that uh, I just think maybe he just does need a new voice, a new scenario. But that goes against, obviously, the whole discussion that it's good to create continuity and sign on, uh, signing in long term. That's great. But um, it will be a shame to watch him stagnate because, you know, or stagnate because for a long time I thought he was, you know, showed a lot of potential. He still yeah. has that potential, but just hasn't flourished yet. Um, and I'm jumping around, but I'm sort of thinking as I go. But the more I just sort of thought about it, oh, he's got to go. <laughs> he's got to move on and seek seek greener pastures or or seek different opportunities because it's not working for him hanging around here. The only thing is it's so easy to look ungrateful or like you're throwing the toys out of the cot by just going overseas on a World Cup here. Uh, you know, but if he walked into Larkham's office tomorrow, Gave him the speech that I just gave. Larkin would give him a big old hug, man, and say, I get it. 
I'll see you in twenty twenty five, whatever it is. Uh, and look, he may, as you say, he may come back as an awesome player and and be the benefit of the Wallabies. That's the gamble that you take. Uh, but we should laud players for sticking around as well to make the competition for places. It's just if you think about it next year with Carter Gordon at the Rebels, with uh, Donaldson at, um, at the Force, and with Edmund at the um, at the Tars, there's a lot of competition for places. With with Lalaseo being at the at the Brumbies too, and obviously who knows what's going to happen with the Reds, um, and maybe it's Liner, whoever. But there's a, there's a there's a there's a huge number of tens. So I think it would be good for him to to hear that new voice. But yeah. Look, got a new coach coming in. I don't know what Carter Gordon, sorry, um, contracts like, but Carter Gordon seems to be the signature to get at the moment. Oh, definitely. He's about to have some serious international training camp experience added to his uh-huh. his resume. Uh-huh. Definitely. Be interesting to see where he goes. Uh, um, what about is uh, I know Blake's been a champion of Bernard Foley for a long time and even wanted him in the Wallaby team, I think, at one point to play 15 as a second playmaker. Uh not be not in this in this squad. Um do we now officially draw a line in the sand on the Bernard Foley era in the Wallaby career of the man, other than being from a fleeting experience at some point? Um, well, we short- just don't know what this training squad is. We just don't know what it is. Well, he's not even in the training squad, or he is in nothing. He's like there's no, so he's on the train on squad, isn't he? Oh, I'm looking yeah, right. at his name on it now. But he's a long way down the pecking order. No, yeah, he's in the train on squad. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's a long way down the pecking order. Yeah. Long way down the pecking order because you you got to go someone like O'Connor Moore before Foley, right? But, well, you know, so, he's so all about more. offering insight. He's all about offering insight. So Bernard Foley has something to say about a World Cup campaign. He's done it before. Just as Andrew Johns has something to say about running a back. Oh, he has a lot to say, that man, doesn't he? Right. And you want to tap into these things. You want to tap into these identities because you just might need it when you're down 15 with 10 on the clock. Something Bernie might say. Something like give an inside ball to Kirtley Beal. Remember that? That was good. I actually remember. no, I'm not going to be rude. Uh, what's your th- what, what's just uh, sorry? Change tack to move away from that before you ask me what I was going to say. What are your thoughts on a at a, a forward squad, a backs, a utility, a rehab, and not considered for selection due to injury? So we like you, but we're not picking you right now. A train on a train on squad that has forwards, backs, and a utility. What's Eddie doing, man? Like well, seriously, have we got any player who, other than Lonesia, not in this squad that's worth their salt? Seriously, I, I think it's all just to fucking stick it up to Lonesia, pick everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> not happening, champion. Um, look, I just don't reckon he knows. I just don't reckon he knows. He wants everyone on that training park in the lead up to it. He wants to see what people's mentality is like and how they train and how much they want it. It's too because you're not going to find information out about them when them sitting at home. So if he's got the green light to fund this and pay that person and get them all up in Noosa on some beach or wherever they're going to do it, why not? I just can't believe he hasn't extended it to (laughs) Lewis. He's clearly made his mind up on that, dude. Oh, definitely. I'm just like, because I was looking at it the other day when it came out and I was like, surely he must be injured or like something. Like he's committed to 2024. There's got to be a valid reason because you just feel a bit harsh for the bloke. 
Mm. Um, but anyway, uh, moving forward with this team, um, it's, it is exciting, surely, for a Royal B team because there's a lot of players in there. There's there's two co-captains. Well, there's obviously co. There's two captains across it, uh, which shows potentially that um, the hand that obviously maybe Hooper might not play to get a bit more dynamism in there. Um, I know the whole idea has come from Sydney Swans and having two voices and whatever, but we know the traditions of rugby. We need one voice and you listen, but having that co-captain, you know, gives the sense of Hooper might not be there, or am I reading too much into that, that he might not be the starting seven for the Wallabies? Well, yeah, the co-captain's an interesting one. Um, this is another one that's going to have to play out over time. Mm. Uh, mate, I can't. I can't answer that. I'd love to. I could. I could swing either way and say, nah, there's just no way he's been out of form, hasn't played himself into a jersey well enough." Or I could say, like, mate, the experience you can't buy, particularly in these big encounters. But look, this whole tournament is succession planning for Hooper, is it not? Mm, yeah, I was just to say, is it just passing the baton, passing the torch across? That it's this is in the short term. We're going to have co-captains and he's just phrasing it that he's learned this from the swans and all that kind of stuff. When actually really as as, lo- as soon as Hooper, uh, you know, what's it, swans off into the distance or whatever the phraseology is, that James Slipper just becomes the full-time captain, which is surprising at 34 and 127 tests. But uh, Well, he's another one who's going to, yeah, exactly right, pass the baton on. Uh, uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens. It's an interesting time. There's so many different players there. So many different combinations and um, the 23, we're, we're going to do, obviously do a podcast at the beginning of next week to preview the uh, uh, the Bocky test match. It'll be interesting to see, and Blake hopefully will be with us. It'll be interesting to see what, what the team will be because um, against the, the Bockies over in South Africa because there's a lot of players to pick from. And this first Eddie game will be a real insight into the way that he wants to play. Big, will it be a big pack, big type five, more dynamic, six through eight and box kicks and everything which we assume or would it be something else only time will well, tell see i'm going the other way on you on that one and obviously yeah. I, got nothing. I know what you know maybe a little bit less but but can i just I say, don't, don't do yourself a disservice james you know i just a lot, if i was eddie i would seriously sit down and give some oxygen to just maybe not revealing anything in the first game in south africa like, there's a few players that you're not sure about. Like, just chalk it up as a loss. Who gives a fuck? It's your first game. You need to find some things out. This is a very, very tough encounter. Um, It might just be worth not demoralizing your entire squad by picking your best 15, putting your game plan together, and watching it fail because this is a very, very, very difficult fixture. Can I just say? And maybe I'm an know. idiot because maybe this is the one where you go, you win, and you build momentum. Right. But that's a risky decision. Two things. Number one, first of all, there is no way in two weeks' time we're in this podcast and say that the Austra- uh, the Wallabies lose to the South Africans. Are you ever, either of you or Blake, not coming on here, lighting it up, going, this is fucking ridiculous. These, I can't even say the word, are all useless. We need to go into that game and win. There's only three games before the World Cup. This is, you can't just throw away a game like that. Surely. There's a bigger fish to fry, my friend. Bigger things at stake. Decisions and questions need to be made and answered. Um, I would want more intel. Really? Um, uh, look, are they saying this out loud? Of course not. It's against the, not. the nature of the decay. They'll be definitely going to win. Definitely going to win. I just would be mindful that this is a difficult fixture. 
So going to be a lot of hype around this game, mate. A lot of hype. A lot of hype on the result of this game too. The odds are not against, not not in your favour. Um, and you need to manage that. Yeah, maybe reduce the expectation. I just think normally I might agree with your point, but with so few fixtures leading up, I know um, Eddie's all about building for that World Cup, isn't he? He's you know he's all about hiding his hand or playing the cards close to his chest. I get it completely. Um, but just with how many fixtures there are left before that first game, what is it that you've got? What four fixtures before the before leading off? So you obviously got the four. Is that right? Is it only four? Well, you've got the four of the the uh, you got three of the Tri Nations, I think it is. Yeah. Or rugby championship. You've got um, and then the extra blood is low, and then um, then you got a France friendly. So maybe five fixtures. So five fixtures before the start of the World Cup. That's not many, man. No, it's not. It's not many at all. You're right. Um, but we'll see. Look, I don't know. I just thought I'd be contrarian or say something other than, yeah, look, we're going to win. I like it. I like it. I appreciate it. I, you gave me hope that you would lose too, also. Um, you, think, you think we're going to go over there and, and come out on top? No, but I'm a, I look, I'm British, mate. You just always, you know, hope that, that, that the Wallabies are going to lose, to be honest. But uh, there is a chance because you're always better than what you think you are. You come on here, both of you two. I know the other one's not here saying, oh, you're shit. But you could go to South Africa and win. I don't expect you to, but you could. And it wouldn't be like the world's biggest thing. It's not like, you know, if England come to New Zealand and win, then that's a massive, massive, massive thing. But Australia going to South Africa, who you have a good record against and winning. That's not the biggest shock in the world, is it? Let's be honest. Yeah. Look, maybe I am just sort of coming at Piece with a few losses coming up, man, because I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. No, but Eddie, Eddie is all about the short turnaround. Absolutely. Uh, to, last thing, last thing, talking about, because we don't want to take away the too much chat about next week and the, the lead up to the Bocky game. Uh, obviously, Eddie's come out and said some ridiculous things this week. We won't go into each of them, but how much do you love the Eddie Jones show right now? Are you a fan of it or are you getting a bit irritated by it? No, not at all. There's no irritation for me. Absolutely. I'm in for all of it. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> Pump it into your veins as you will, yes? Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, next week we'll be going through, uh, lead up to it, uh, final thoughts on the Super Rugby season. Uh, congratulations to the Crusaders. Overall disappointing season for uh, uh, for the Australian teams as a whole. Um, but, you know, good competition. Looking forward to the rugby championship instead of yeah, it served its purpose. Boys are warmed up, they're ready to get into their work. Yeah, got their um, puffer jackets off, ready to rumble now, mate. <laughs> that's it, they're doing the final uh high knees just before jumping on. That's awesome. All right, well, um, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you later. All right, all right. what's your take on the jersey, oh. Richard? Where you go? If I'm honest, it's a bit boring. Shorts are very expensive, by the way, but I'm not. I'm sure that England's will be equally as expensive. Um, yeah, but it's it goes bit... with more stuff. You can wear white with a few things. Yeah, absolutely. You know um, what I mean? I, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's okay. It's That's just, why I'm all about okay. the training shirt. I'm all about the training shirt over the jersey. Yeah. The message is the same. The diehards recognize it. The emblem's just there. You can wear it. You can wear it to a branch. You can wear it as an undershirt. You can wear it to the gym. You can rock around the house in it. The jersey's too like. Uh, put a collar just... on it. Put a collar on it, mate. It might look a little bit more formal, and you can rock it somewhere else instead. But right yeah, now, yeah, like the polo or training shirt. That's if I buy one, it's that one. 
Um, you know what? I, after our conversation last week, mate, you'd be, you'd, you go to the gym, get the singlet on, get those steroids on the play, and you'll be, you'll be in the Wallaby squad, mate, before you know it. <laughs> you did last week. You're talking about the steroids up the nose, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. On that note. All right, mate. Well all right. thanks for joining, mate, and we'll yeah. catch up next week. I wish you luck. Thanks, mate. I need it. See you, mate. Bye.